1: Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. For fans, by fans. Section Section
0: 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk.
3: Okay, boys and girls, it's the All-Star break, so let's all take a deep breath and appreciate how much the Orioles have sucked the first half of the season. Uh, Today on the show... The button lover says the oil should sell. I say the oil should buy. We'll give you both sides of the argument and let you decide. All that and more on this edition of Section
4: 336.
0: Section 336. Buckle up, birds. Be ready to ride. Your host, Meg, Casabrera, ready to fly. Baltimore's best Section 336. The number one sports broadcast takes your fix. What's the news? Let's talk about Buck, our favorite Orioles. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases. This is a trip. Stay tuned in at 336.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I'm your dearly studying host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka.
1: You know, this week I was making my own list about kind of what went wrong with the Orioles, And I kept coming back to this team's the exact same as last year. What has changed? And I realized that we changed our intro song before the season. To an intro song that everyone hates. To to an intro song that everyone hates and everyone complains about. Yeah. So I figured, all right, it's All-Star break. I better switch back to the old one.
3: Yeah, that's a great call. I already feel more excited about this show. And I feel more excited about the Orioles because of that.
1: I made this decision on Friday afternoon, and all I'm saying is the Orioles have been winning since I made the decision.
3: All right. Yeah, there there you go. Uh, We also have a special guest in studio, Alex Woodward, uh, producer of the Scott Garceau Show. Welcome, Alex.
0: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
3: Yeah, we're excited to have you. And uh, before I go any further, we got to say a shout-out to the interns here. Interns showed up today. Hey, intern. I also feel like a special guest. Yeah, (laughs) you're pretty much a special guest, too, because the intern never shows up. But he showed up today.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: he's unpaid. Yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> we all are. So he parked. He parked pretty far down the road because I was upstairs and I just saw out the window like him walking down. And like was, a field of dreams out of the cornfield type. Oh, see, for me it was more of um, what's the guy from The Wire walking down the street? Omar. <laughs> yeah, Omar. it was an Omar. It was an Omar <laughs> viewing through my top window. Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, well, we you know we pride ourselves on being the next generation modern sports talk. We pride ourselves on being better than um a lot of your 1057 type radio shows uh but i will say i think it i think everyone agrees that if you're going to listen to the radio the scott garceau show is a show you should be listening to um alex how long have you been with scott garceau and what's your you are the producer i don't know what that means in in radio terms in podcast podcasting terms i don't really know what it means either i guess it's what josh does i don't know uh but but what's kind of your role as a producer of scott garceau show
0: uh well first off i started off two years ago so it's my second year going in uh I basically do everything besides host the show with Scott and yeah. Jeremy. Uh I've done I do sports updates, so every half hour I get 2 minutes to talk, uh you know, give you an update on the Orioles and how terrible they've been. Right. Um as far as the production work goes, any noise any sound you hear on the radio that's not Scott and Jeremy's voice, it's me pushing buttons or okay. doing whatever. I play all the music. I play all the sound effects. I screen the call. so if you call in, I'm the person that you talk to before you talk to Scott and Jerry. Oh,
3: so you talk to all the crazy all the crazy yes. callers have to talk to you first.
0: Yeah, Bubba and Billy loves to call me just to see what's going on for no reason. Uh, yeah, so I know all the regulars and I have to deal with that. Uh, I've done Are there
3: ever guys that call in and you don't put through? Like oh, all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, all the time. And so what are some dead giveaways I can't put you on the air? Certainly language, but are there any other dead giveaways like I, I can't put this guy on the air?
0: All right, well, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but there's these trolls that used to call into 105.7 a lot. It, we've stopped it in like the past four years, but the Rod Beck people. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? People uh, go on the radio and they just say Rod Beck and they think uh, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. They just say Rod Beck. It makes no sense at all.
3: They just say Rod Beck.
0: Yeah, they, they'll do, like, a full conversation. You know, the Orioles should trade Zach Britton, yada, yada, yada. And you know who I think they should get? Who? Rod Beck. Ah, ha, ha, ha And they hang up. Yeah. And So, yeah. Well, so hopefully that's that four years that, ago. Yeah. So hopefully
3: those high schoolers are now past oh, that no, immature state. If
0: it gets out once, they all call in. But the dead <laughs> giveaway for those guys is they always try and make up a fake name or, like, where they're at. Like, I'm Joe, and let's say I'm in Abingdon. Like, are you really in Abingdon? Oh. So I'll just put X's across their name, and they don't take them. I mean, oh really? that's, that's, that's about, funny yeah i mean if
1: you're, what do you just leave them up so they're the always just
0: on hold indefinitely and then, yeah
4: kind of when you go to break or something
0: people i like i'll tell them hey we got a guest coming up give me a call back in 20 minutes we'll get to you yeah. but if it's somebody that's you know known to be an asshat then we'll just let them hang yeah and if they wait for an hour then yeah we'll take them after that
3: yeah uh when you were growing up did you call in to talk radio a lot no never no Okay. <laughs> but but you, I assume you enjoyed li- listening to sports talk radio yeah, growing up. Yeah, I did.
0: Yeah. And it was more for a TV aspect for me growing up. Okay. But yeah, I've always I've always enjoyed sports talk radio. I'm yeah. big on podcast podcasts too. Well,
3: so are we? As, as you so guys, are we? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a new generation.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. And I imagine um Scott and Jeremy um they I'm surprised their sh- their show works. I'm surprised it works because I mean, Scott's old school a certain type of way, and Jeremy's a bit of a goofball, but somehow they kind of make that mesh and work, which is, I guess, good for them,
4: right?
0: I think that's that's the good balance between it is yeah. not is they're not trying to be too funny. Like, Jeremy's not trying to outsmart Scott and be funnier than Scott. Scott has his own thing. He is the professional guy. He's right. The way I've always put it is Scott's the grandpa, and Jeremy's the, you know, Teenager that's running wild. He just le- teenager. Yeah. He, right. he lets, right. he lets, try, he lets him talk, the but buttons. Yeah. Once he gets over the top, he kind of reins him in a little bit. But I will say this in, in my two years working there, when I first started working that show, Scott was a lot more reserved. Now, today, we did a whole segment on dick jokes. <laughs> that would have never happened two years ago. Right.
3: So, so Jeremy's loosened Scott, him up a little bit.
0: Well, yeah. I think Scott, you know, with age, too, yeah. he kind of loosened up a little bit. He doesn't yeah. have to be so professional doesn't have that, with that. That filter on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, he's Scott Garceau. He, he has his own way of, Saying things and being funny without being offensive. Yeah, which I think there's an art to honestly. He's very yeah. talented at it.
3: Yeah, to be radio friendly and also kind of go down those roads. Yeah, where we don't have to worry about that in podcast. Um, but we've had both Scott Garceau and Jeremy call calling at separate times um, on, on, in, in, into the podcast. I tried to start some beef there, some rivalries. You know, <laughs> All right. they they won't
1: I, say anything bad about the other.
3: I know, which sounds kind of too good to be true. When you work with someone for that long, there's some dirt there. Um, so Alex, do they ever really get into it in, 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 in the in the in the office? Just start to yell at each other sometimes, or not really get pissed off at each no, other? No, I've
0: never seen them really get mad at each other. I no. mean, there are things that you know Scott does that annoys Jeremy, or things that Jeremy does that annoys Scott, but they don't let it get in between the show. And you know, they're all, when we're in commercial break, it's not like they're just sitting there silently looking at their phone. They're, <laughs> right. I mean, I walk in there, we, we talk the entire commercial break. Yeah. So uh, I think they have a great relationship. I mean, I haven't really. It, if it, there is something underlying, then I definitely have, haven't seen it
1: okay. to this date. Okay, um, we'll find well, something. And, and what yeah. makes great radio shows is anything like if there's any, any difference of opinion there, you let it play out on the air.
0: Yeah, exactly. And if, yeah, if they're going to argue about something, right. do it on the air. It's, it's,
1: right. It's, <laughs> right, It's exactly. It's the lame shows where you hear they hate each other off mic, like, like a Mike and Mike type show, where the rumors are they don't like each other. But then they go on and they do their subway commercials all day together.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, you got to make a paycheck, right? R- yeah. Right. Well,
3: I mean, and Scott and Jeremy both seem, and maybe, you know, I don't know, appearances maybe be deceiving, but they both seem like genuinely just nice people. So oh, yeah, not sure. not type of people that, like, I would imagine for you, they're pretty good to work with. It's not like they're yelling at you all the time for not having their coffee or something, right? I would imagine they're pretty yeah. good guys to work with.
0: Oh, I don't get them coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nah, I mean, yeah. I, I would if I'm already going up there. But uh, for for, compa- for comparison, uh, I don't know if you guys listen to the Vinny and Haney show from, from ten to two. Yeah, Haney and Vinny don't always get along. Yeah. Not not necessarily like like get along together, but like Haney wants to talk about specific things, and Vinny won't you know pay attention to other things, or yeah. he won't pay attention to what the hell Vinny's say uh, Haney saying because he's you know looking at the phone, lining up a guest, whatever he's doing. So you, you can hear that bleed out through their show, because Bob will say, "Vinny, you paying attention? <laughs> so stuff like that. I mean, th- they're a relatively new show. Scott and Jeremy have been together for six years, so you yeah. know that chemistry over time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it, uh, then maybe you can explain to me why Ed Norris is still on a sports station.
0: <laughs> um, because he's a Baltimore legend, apparently. People
1: love him here in Baltimore. Apparently. yeah. He's got he, yeah, well, he's, he's, he's gotten a lot better. He he was, has, he was ter- he's gotten a lot better. You know he's been on 1057. He started on 1057 while on house arrest in Florida. Oh really? He's been on there forever.
3: But he was originally he was not even that much sports. It was more. No. His right,
1: politics. Right. He well,
0: started. that was the idea with him and Davis was right. Davis was the sports guy and Norris was Which like, I thought it was a decent mix. Every, it, it, it was like a variety show. Huh? Yeah. 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 I I I like Ed um he knows a lot about hockey he probably knows more about hockey than anybody else that hosts a show but besides that uh he knows probably about as much as me and you right. but i think that's the beauty of sports talk yeah. in general is you don't have to be an expert to have yeah. an opinion yeah
3: yeah and that's the whole idea behind this podcast that we're just a couple of fans like with normal day jobs but we just like to talk about the orioles when we're with each other so let's turn on the mics while, while we do it right yeah yeah all right, Alex. We're we're excited to have you have you here, man. Thanks yeah, for thanks coming. Thanks for
0: having me, guys. This is a nice studio, by the way. Yeah, thanks. I, I've Thank joined you. other podcasts before, and it's usually just somebody in their mom's basement. Yeah, or, that's what it used to be. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. now it's just his basement now. Yeah, right. We we, we, we <laughs> exactly. try to at least
1: decorate and make it look welcoming, make it uh, look like something that someone doesn't you have to come TV. and visit.
0: I appreciate it. that.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah. A, c- yeah, a couple, right? Well, we uh, got we uh, got we uh, got to uh, pay set. attention to the home run derby. That's going to start in like twenty minutes. Yeah,
4: yeah, so.
3: You guys have, I uh, see, I'm, I, and I know not many people are huge in the Home Run Derby. I'm excited about it. Now, I do wish, I'm a little disappointed that Bryce Harper's not a part of it. And as a homer, I would like an Oral to be in there. I think it'd be awesome to see Manny Machado in there, but whatever. I, I, I'm why, why?
1: so he can strike out
3: more. <laughs> I can hear the, the phone derby. calls
1: now. <laughs> Manny Machado's season's ruined because he was in the Home Run Derby. Yeah, right? yeah, it didn't matter that he batted 220 going into it.
3: Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, Well, hopefully now that'll happen to Aaron Judge. No, I, I'm excited. For, for the for the matchups, I, I like the
1: the how they do the... the 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 rules they changed last year made it fun. Yeah, it it made it better. I thought it was always good, but it right. made it better. The, the the clock, right? It's a clock instead of a number. of Yeah, strikes. it's not outs. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's fun. It's you incredible. can call one
3: timeout. Yeah. Uh, and I'm rooting for, and I'm predicting Gene Carlos Stanton. Uh, you, you guys, are you guys going for? I mean, it seems like the picks are Stanton or Judge, and I am rooting for a final. Stanton versus yeah. Judge. I'm a, I'm a, you guys got a dark horse in the race, or are
1: you going with the no, favorites? No, you got to go with the hometown. You got to go Stanton. Yeah, hey, Miami. If, if, if I'm going to pick one
0: person to you know, just take this off its feet where nobody sees it coming, I mean, I guess you probably could see him coming. He's the third seed. But uh, Cody Bellinger, that dude can straight up yeah. hit. Like, yeah. I mean – there's one thing with like raw power where you have Aaron judge and Stanton that have that raw power, but Bellinger just has that eye for hitting the ball. I mean, ever since he's been called up from the minors, yeah. he, it's every game. He's got a multi-hit game or something. I mean, he just seems to be that, that kind of locked in yeah. and it doesn't seem to be that, you know, too big of a stage for him. Yeah. He, he, he works in LA. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For the LA Dodgers. Absolutely. The spotlight. That's right. So I wouldn't Hits be surprised if he, if he takes it away tonight.
3: Yeah. He's, he's a special player. He's special, a special young player. Um, I'm also intrigued by Sano S- just because every time I feel like the Twins play the Orioles, Sano S- has a home run every game it feels like. So I- I'm also kind of rooting for Sano S- and I think if anyone could upset uh, uh, Sano S- could be the guy. But but we'll see. It's- I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see who who is the furthest ball. Um, I'm sure we'll get a bunch of that uh, stat track or whatever with the Oh, it's the mile, exit, yeah. velocity, they've been waiting, angle. They've been
0: waiting all year <laughs> to blow their load on right, this.
1: Right. Yeah,
3: they're, they're, they're well, so good for them. No, <laughs> they're uh, going to do that all day.
1: Now, it's Marlins Park. Does that mean for each one of these home runs, we don't get the back-back-back this year, but do we get the little Marlins jumping out of whatever that – Oh, every art, time? That, you know, that little art sculpture. Yeah, it spins,
4: spins around, around, spins yeah. A yeah, does circle. that thing
1: just go nonstop tonight?
0: Yeah, I, I hope, hope so. I hope not. <laughs> can, can Wait, we talk about the kids? This, can we get the kids off the field can we at least get some kids that can actually catch a ball and oh like it, it's fun watching them run around we're, we're looking at the exit velocity of 115 miles an hour and little Timmy that's 8 years old out there yeah. is trying to catch a line drive that's it's all fun and games still, an yeah, it hits a
1: kid in the head <laughs> right, could you imagine a ball to the face on one of those kids yeah
0: yeah, as, yeah as soon as that happens, that's when it stops. That's when the kids in the outfield stops. Well, that's, but it hasn't happened yeah.
1: yet. Yeah, so instead they can show off that like baseball is great for kids and kids should be playing I, baseball. But I feel like
3: if it was older kids, like if I was out there, I would be pushing kids, like chubby oh, kids, anyways. trying to catch the ball. You right, could, of course tell, you would.
0: You have the like three teenagers out there with all like the kids that are under throwing men, elbows, and they're like just yeah throwing bows, <laughs> getting through, like trying to jump over the kids. By the way, I don't think I've ever seen anybody catch the ball. They always try and judge it and they always misjudge it. It yeah. falls like
1: it falls right. over their head, yeah. yeah. Always over their
3: head. Yeah. Just first step back, kids. All right.
1: Just basic you know, baseball here. I wouldn't mind just going out there and just standing right behind second base and watching. Just watching those balls come flying off. Yeah. I don't need to go catch them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm cool with just being in the stands. Just yeah. put, put me in an outfield seat somewhere. Which uh, me.
1: Yeah,
3: so next time the All Star games at Camden Yards, we'll, we'll get a seat it, out there.
4: <laughs> yeah, okay. we'll. Right now, when, it will when
3: be. does
1: uh, Angelos die and when uh, does the MLB. Masson deal end. National Stadium will have it ten times before we have it. Right, whenever. Uh, I don't think the Masson deal changes
0: if Angelos dies, though.
1: No, well, right. No, later I'm gonna say that's part of my whole Orioles selling is they got to work out in the trade when they trade Zach Britton to the Nationals. They got to work out the Masson deal as part of the Britton trade.
4: Oh, okay. That way we can get that's some closure.
1: That's an interesting bargaining chip. That yeah, be, that's a new chip. That would I'm be crazy. Throw that
0: would be a <laughs> blockbuster deal.
1: Uh, uh, exactly. Um. Which Oriole would you put in the home the derby? Manny Machado, Scope. See, I was thinking Mancini. The way that ball comes off Mancini's bat, he's the guy that right this year I'm I'm enjoying watching. Yeah,
3: I mean, I feel like Trumbo is the guy who's most into angle and exit velocity. I feel like so he would probably enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah, because he like Um, tries
1: to adjust his swing for that stuff. Yeah, so
3: so he might plan something. He might have like the perfect swing for it. So I. Trumble might have the most success, but I don't know.
0: I'd I'd like to see Scope in it, I mean, obviously for qualifications reasons, just because he's the only all-star. Sure. But uh, we've seen who Manny Machado is and what he has to bring to the table as far as charisma and, you know, on the field, defensively and offensively. Scope hasn't really had that kind of national spotlight on him. So I, I think he would shine. Even if he didn't even make it to the second round, people would get an idea of who Jonathan Scope is. Yeah. I can imagine him, you know, up there messing around with all the yeah, Latin he's, players. He's, he's fun. Yeah, he's
3: got good personality. Fun. He's funny. No, he enjoys
1: I mean, playing. Yeah. And that is part of what's fun with the Home Run Derby is the the joy on the sidelines of all the other players. Yeah. And the interaction.
0: And the guys with their dads, too. Yeah. I, I always like that.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, what about uh, Joey Rickard? Uh, Home Run Derby? Uh, what what, 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 <laughs> what, what I, guy I, would you least like to watch out there in the Home Run Derby? Least? Yanish <laughs> out there?
1: Uh, Ruben Tejada.
3: Yeah, Tejada can't do anything. know oh, yeah. Ta- Tejada can hit better than Yanis. Get out of here! That nonsense. Uh,
1: who's the guy? Who's the guy we had up for about a week and he never really hit the ball, so they sent him down. We had him up uh, shortstop. Sounds like Givitelli right now. Um, Givitelli. It was before him. I don't remember.
4: Shortstop? I mean, that's no, Tejada, right? No, Yanis. It,
1: it was the guy before Tejada. It's no help now that I'm.
4: Right, <laughs>
0: uh, here, let me look. Let me look through here. Maybe uh, I can find I don't know. It. Ah,
1: no. it doesn't matter. <laughs> Either way, any I think any Oriole shortstop would be my selection. Yeah. Hey, how
3: is um? How, how do you guys feel about the whole Jonathan Scope at short? The, the, uh, my initial reaction was okay. Complete snub <laughs> to Manny Machado Yeah, exactly. Who, last year, and this seems like the natural movement. Hardy gets get hurt. The natural movement seems to be moving Manny Machado, but they don't. They bring up Yanish and Tejada. So fine, whatever you you want to bring those guys up because they're good defensively. I get it, but then. Then you go when you bring Giovanni up, you you move scope to shortstop. Um, instead of Manny to shortstop. Uh he, I, I mean scope was okay at shortstop. Are you guys were you guys as surprised as I was? And you start to think about it, it makes a little more sense, but my initial reaction was like, What's going on? What do you guys thought scope at short? And could that be this looks like it's gonna be last year for Hardy
1: uh with the Orioles? Yeah, could that be a long
3: term solution right there? Scope at short?
1: No. Uh, he, Scope's not a, the best defender at second base, and you're going to put him at a at a place with more range. So what's the deal? Well, I guess I guess why then with Manny Machado next to you, you don't have to cover as much space as a normal shortstop. But I mean, I mean, it's I not like Hardy's think. the quickest guy in the world. I don't know. I I'd rather see Scope at third base and give Manny the
0: shortstop range?
1: I mean, the argument is... Good. I do like I do like the, his arm in the infield. Yeah,
0: he's got a good arm.
1: He's played shortstop before.
0: Alex? I'm with you, Josh. I mean, he's just too big. He, he's His body isn't conducive to having a lot of range, and that's what you need at shortstop is range. And, you know, you've seen it at, at second base where his body has kind of gotten... He's gotten himself in his own way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Diving for a ball or whatever. Uh, I mean, what else, what does Scope bring to shortstop that Manny doesn't? Like, what what what's the thinking of well, moving him to shortstop the, the, thinking is,
1: the thinking is you lose, you take away from second base rather than taking away from third base. Okay, I mean, I, I can see it's, that. I think it's the other way of what you lose.
0: It, I think it also depends on, you know, the development of the young guys like Mountcastle and yeah. the farm system and everything, because he, he could shift over to short, uh, not short, uh, third base, and that would free up Manny to move to short. Right. And Scope wouldn't have to move.
3: Right. But, I mean, that assumes uh, you're <laughs> –
0: Yeah, that's a lot of assuming.
3: <laughs> I mean, we're talking because Mountcastle is not going to be ready next year. So we're talking uh, 2019, and we're talking Manny Machado's yeah, country. <laughs> <still> there. So, <laughs> so, yeah, assuming Manny's still there. Um, yeah, I, w- I, was, I was surprised. It seems like the natural move is is scoped a third. Uh, Manny to short seems like right. the, the thing that makes the most sense. And I heard besides, people say – Besides
1: Chris Davis a third. that may, Chris Davis a third is what makes the most sense.
3: Yeah. I, I I just think people wanna see, and I'm I'm guilty, so I don't know if this is like objective or just me as a fan. I wanna see Manny play short for an extended period of time. He's been special at third. I think he can be really special at shortstop too. Just playing shortstop, like going deep into the hole, um going behind second base. Like there are some plays at a shortstop that you can make that I think he can make that most other people can't make that do I wanna see him make. And so I, I just from selfishly I wanna see Manny play short. Do you I think, think it'd be awesome there?
1: I used to think that Manny wanted to play short. And he wasn't going to be happy at third. Like, but, I, but I
3: feel that's like Adam Jones uh, wants to play short. Not happy in center field,
1: right? But I feel like if Machado wanted to play short, I feel like he would go to Buck and say, "I, I want to play." Like if, now, I know he and Buck have seemed to have uh, not always be on the same page this season. But it seems like the type of thing where if he wanted that, he's a big name. You're going to give him that chance cool. now when your shortstop's down,
0: right? Well, last year we saw him. You know, play short for an extended period of time because of injury uh, last year. Yeah. So it's not like we haven't seen him play shortstop. Uh, Obviously, that's what he wants to play because that's what he grew up playing. But I think he, at this point, he understands that he is a special type of talent at third base where he's more valuable. Like he, he, in my opinion, he has more stock as a third baseman, shortstop kind of guy, you know, with what he's shown at third base on the free market than just being a shortstop. Yeah. Um, but I mean, with you guys, I mean, I'd love to see him turn two. You know, yeah. instead of just throwing it to scope, I'd like to see him on second base and see how he handles that. Right. You know, with the guy sliding into him. Uh, I I don't see you know this year him moving the shortstop. If maybe if Hardy moves on, they move on from Hardy. Maybe they ha- they're it kind of forces their hand. They got to move him. Um, but for Buck, he likes defense. As you know. The best defenders all across, and the way it's configured right now with Hardy, who's a Gold Glover, Scope at second base, who's serviceable. He, he's he's shown flashes of being great. Yeah, he just needs to work on his fielding, not his. You know, we all know it about his arm. Right, and then you got Manny at third, and Chris Davis is very undervalued as a defensive first baseman too, because Mancini right. has clearly shown us in the past couple of weeks what we've missed with Davis at first.
3: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and I mean, and you can say all you want about how Buck values de- defense. I would argue based on how he sets up his lineup, he's more concerned most nights with offense as opposed to defense. But uh, certainly, and, and I I posted this on Twitter today, and um, it's interesting. A couple people have written about it and, and done more research than I have. But the whole Castillo and his inability to play defense behind the plate compared to, C- to, C- to Caleb Joseph, and it seems all signs point to Caleb Joseph just being a better catcher than Wellington C- C- Castillo. Um, but again, because of the offense potential for wellington that's why he's in there every day and not caleb joseph which i think says they can say all they all they want how much they value defense but they don't I, really I, prove it with the lineup i thought they
1: always said that uh, castillo was a better pitch framer
3: no he's not he's he, not he's one of the worst in baseball
0: they said okay. he was better than weeders that was the thing right, right which right. isn't His high praise which, which yeah, I,
1: yeah. I guess yeah. i just assumed that also meant more than joseph but I sure. think,
0: I mean, at a certain point, you kind of have to start Wellington Castillo, right? I mean, you gave him the contract. It's a right. one-year deal. You kind of kind of forced your own hand. Well, it's I mean, I get Caleb Joseph's been better. He's almost exclusively worked with Wade Miley this year. Yeah. Every time Wade Miley gets a start, Caleb Joseph's behind the right. plate. I think it's a, just, you know, it's a chemistry thing. Caleb's been in the organization for five, six years. He's yeah. been up in the majors the past two years.
1: And there we're some, familiar with the guys. Exactly, and, and it's a trust factor with the pitchers. There were some comments uh about a month ago from castilla about the pitcher shaking off a lot of pitches right that he would call
0: oh he went miguel montero on him L- yeah so, <laughs> but he, he still has right, a job yeah right
1: right not uh, not quite as bad yeah I, I mean i would say this
3: and and you can say all you want to, i don't know what it is all the metrics point to caleb joseph being a better catcher uh camden and yards. oh yeah a little shot there of ken griffey jr hitting the warehouse yeah. is that we've got there that looks
1: yeah. nice yeah. yeah last time it'll ever be at camden yards probably
3: Oh, shoot. We did that. I just remember. We did the home derby, home run derby predictions that everyone's going to hear tomorrow, so they're going to hear what idiots we are. I never make predictions about things that are happening while we do the show because then I always look like an idiot afterwards. Uh, but Wellington Castillo, here's an interesting stat. And I know, like, hey, there's a reason this number's so high. But pitcher ERA, when Wellington Castillo is pitching, the pitcher ERA is 5.92. Now, partly is that because we have a lot of bad pitchers. But right. Wellington Castillo, when he's pitching – the the ERA our team ERA is five point nine two, when Caleb Joseph is pitching, and by the way that's the highest in all of baseball. No catcher is that high.
1: Oh well, that's also because no catchers dealing with pitchers that are that high.
3: Right, but then if you go down, all the way to number sixteen is Caleb Joseph, whose his ERA when when he when he's catching the team ERA, team ERA is four point two four. So five point nine two compared to four point two four. And again, that might have something to do with who, who he's catching, what and, day. There's a lot of factors there,
1: but right. I think it
3: says something.
1: But it also, but it is. It also has something to do with the contract and that he's got. he's got a. It's a two-year deal, right? With a player option, something like that.
3: Yeah, it's a player option uh, to, for the next year. I think it's like ten million dollars, something yeah. like that, to stay
1: another year. Um, Which you
3: hope he plays well enough that he doesn't even need to accept it.
1: Right. Right. And I don't know. Isn't it, is this something where Duquette went and got us a catcher when we didn't need a catcher?
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, you had the year last year, Caleb Joseph, of having zero RBI.
0: Yeah, you kind of had to do something. Right. Matt Wieters was that. leaving.
1: Yeah. Chancisco wasn't ready. Well, it, yeah. Matt Wieters wasn't necessarily – well, Matt Wieters, you panicked and thought he was going to make a bunch of money. Instead, you could have afforded – you could have kept Matt Wieters. Same yeah. thing
0: with Davis. If you they, out. they bid against themselves yep. with Davis. They did. Um, yeah. But to your point about the ERA, I think what's – you know, what stats you should look at that are probably more telling of who's the better defensive catcher is walks allowed when they're when they're catching and well, that, runner, you know, runners stealing on them because that's those are the two right. biggest things. Uh, walks, obviously, with pitch framing. We talked about that with the weeders. Uh, if you don't frame the pitch right, it's it's a ball. So that just makes sense. And no, obviously, running on catchers, I mean, it doesn't seem like anybody really runs against the Orioles because they don't really need to. They could just yeah. you know wait for the next batter to go yard. And, and
3: Castillo has good numbers. I mean, he has, he, he's caught 12 guys out of 26 attempts. So Castillo has good numbers of the guys running against him. Um, but I feel like that's a small part of the game. I, I think that's what – I think people have trouble coming up with metrics for it, kind of the nuances of calling a game and catching a game. And pitch receiving as Alex Murphy likes to call it yeah. I think we have trouble quantifying those nuances but I think just they're getting a little bit better at it and it's becoming clearer like there are clearly guys who aren't good at catching defensively like Matt Wieters and he might not have a lot of pass balls but you can tell like he's just not the best at it while other guys do a better job I think it's pretty clear that Caleb Joseph at this point defensively is better offensively, I think it's kind of a toss-up still.
1: Right, right, and it's hard to use... Recently,
3: Caleb Joseph's been even been better offensively. Right,
1: and it's, it's even hard to use, like, a walk metric when you've got pitchers that just cannot find the plate.
3: Right, if you want to argue that Caleb Joseph often couches for Wade Miley, then i guarantee those Caleb Joseph numbers are going to be bad, right, <laughs> or, if catch even, for Wade Miley. Yeah. Or Bottom Menez, don't be that guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, if... If we're trying to put the blame on the catchers, then we're, <laughs> we're yeah. talking about the wrong thing. I mean, yeah, there's, there's right. A lot of bigger problems than the, Absol- you know who's behind. The yeah,
3: that's well said. That's if you're going down the list of what's wrong with the Orioles, that's like number seven. Yeah, number eight. Yeah, that's not not making that top five list. All right, so let's get to it. To buy or to sell? We got the trade deadline coming up. The Orioles, uh, right? I'm gonna say are four games under 500. Is that right? Like yep. 42 yep, and 46. Four,
1: four, four under. I think four games out of the wild card as well. Yeah, and seven
0: and a half out of, out of first place All in right. the least. All right,
3: so that's. And that's and they've I think they played about that. That sounds right. Like they've played.
1: Yeah, they've had a really good start, really bad finish of the first half. Yes, yes, yep. atrocious. Sure. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, though they've won the last two games, and the offense has woken up the last you know
1: the last week of the season for two games. Well, yeah, more than that. That's what it's been doing. I guess maybe you know, maybe three out of four.
0: They yeah. seem to score all their runs like in one yeah. or two days for like, the week. It's like they score eighteen runs in two days, right. and which, then they score eighteen runs in the next week and a half.
1: Right. Which you which you want to think? All right, we're, they're all getting hot at the same time. But then you got to sit back there and kind of wonder. Hold on, if the whole team is hot tonight, maybe it's just the other pitcher really sucks tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, there's that. It's
1: too. true.
3: I was looking at it, and it's, it's all the twins. We scored four, six, five, eleven. All against the Twins. <laughs> you go back to the Brewers, all of a sudden our offense doesn't look good. But like I will anymore.
1: say, if there's anyone in this lineup that's starting to click, it's Manny Machado. Yeah. In the past week. And, and we all knew this was
3: going to happen, right? He's too good to bat 230 or whatever well, that, it was. that's most
1: he, of our lineup. He's too
3: good. Yeah, yeah, but but Manny especially. Yes. So the, the question becomes, uh, traditionally we haven't been a team, especially the last few years, um, because we've been one of the winnings ball clubs since 2012, as everyone likes to point out, um, in the American League. Uh, recently, we've been in the habit of buying a small piece here, a small piece there, occasionally a big piece like Andrew Miller a few years back. Uh, this year, as the trade deadline approaches, um, we have a team, a veteran team, a veteran team that's built that's built to win now. But we have a team that's not performing well right now. That looks like I think the latest baseball prospectus or whatever percentage to make the playoffs was about three point six percent. The last right. I saw, right. Uh, so very outside I mean, it, to make the playoffs.
1: It never starts at a good percent.
3: Yeah. So so, let's go down this path for a second, Josh. Right, so uh, let's pretend we're going to sell. sell. Let's pretend. Yes, Dan sell, Duquette sell, sell. hits his sell 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 button. Right. Josh, who is selling and first,
1: why? First guy we're selling is Zach Britton, and and at this, I'm going to throw Zach Britton out there. And at the same time, I'm saying we're selling Zach Britton and we're selling Brad Brock because there's no point in holding on to either of these guys because we will never be in a safe situation again. These games are blowouts before it even gets to the bullpen. Uh, Brad Brad Brock is a guy that you should be able to get something for because he's pitching really well, he's not expensive, and you still have him under control for a few years. Zach Britton, besides this past offseason when you should have traded him, his value will never be higher than it is. Oh,
3: when, <laughs> when you should have traded him, Josh. You never once said in the offseason that we should have traded Zach. Go Chris. back to those tapes. Now, I
1: said it all offseason. You said that all, all, all off, season? off season. Yeah, all right. because his stock when, was never. Higher. When you go to when you go to perfect, the only thing you're going to do is go is go down. Yeah. So I th- I said all off to trade him. So I'm saying I'm going to throw those two guys out there first. I've got some other guys, but I, those you have any problems trading those guys?
3: Um, I, I would I would not Brad Brock. I would take issue with Zach Britton only because I feel like his stock has never been lower than it is right now. Because of and the because injury. Because of the injury. And he kind of struggled a little bit uh, since the injury. So I would argue you'll get more from him in the offseason if you wait. I mean, he definitely. Then if you trade him right now. It depends on the next two weeks and yeah.
1: what he can show off. Um, yeah.
3: And, and what. What teams value? Do teams value what he did last year, or are teams just looking at recent history? So it depends what you can get for him. Right. But fine.
1: The other guys on my list, I got Seth Smith because uh, he's one of those. He seems like the type of guy that you would trade for at the end, and you know, just an extra outfielder. He's been okay this season. He seems like a guy who we could get a prospect for. And then the same with uh, Wellington Castillo because he's hitting the ball. And we don't need him for the future. So, those guys, I think you could dump cheap and move on.
3: Um, yeah, I, I just. And, Alex, I don't know what you think about this. I don't think we can get any anything from those guys. Like, I don't think anybody wants Seth Smith. No one's knocking on Orioles' door saying, we need a guy who can only hit against right hand pitching and a guy who's going to hit about 255 or 260 and, and be a subpar right fielder.
0: Well, he's a platoon guy, too. A platoon he guy. Sits yeah, against right. The so yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, you could trade Seth
1: Smith. You're not going you really yeah. to get much for him. You're not going to get much for Castilla But um, then there's one— but th- just why not? Right, right. If okay, we're gonna all if we're all going to sell, 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 sell. There's one more move that I that if we're going down the sell path, here's the ultimate move. And I can't tell if this is one that you do uh, this week during the All Star break immediately, or if you wait and do this on August 1st immediately past the trade deadline after you do everything else. Is you get rid of Dan Duquette. Because if you're going into sell mode, Dan Duquette is not going to be here for when you're on the rise. So you get rid of him now, and you prepare without him. Because he does—he's looking through next year. He's not looking down the road past then. So I think if you go sell, Dan, you got to get rid of Dan. And I think the sooner the better.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard with you know the trade atmosphere now because we don't know. If Dan Ducat's going to be back next year, and is he? You know, his whole mantra has been win now, win now, win now, and right. we've right. slowly been seeing this window close for winning now. And next and, year's the end of
1: his contract. And
0: you know, yeah, exactly. Next next right. year is the end of his contract. So, you know, logically thinking, you would think that he's going to try and buy, like he says, but. You know, if you're a baseball fan, if if you just look at it and make sense, sell the veterans now. And, you know, you have a couple good position players in the minor leagues in Chancisco. I like the idea of trading Castillo because you don't really need. A catcher for the future right now. You have him in Chance Cisco. He played in the futures games yesterday. Um, they have Tanner Scott. Had a triple,
1: right? Hit a triple, yeah, I believe, yeah. yeah. And, yeah and, and we've got another veteran catcher down in Norfolk that can come up. Yeah, and, Pena. And Pena, who can fill in until we are comfortable with Cisco.
0: Yeah, and then you got a guy, Tanner Scott, that throws 100 miles an hour plus, but he walks guys. But, you know, that kind of talent in your minor league system, you can develop that. And that, you know, to me, that, pictures right. out, you know, a closer.
1: Yeah, think, that's your you know, eighth or ninth in the guy.
0: Yeah, his ceiling is you know a a, Rodas Chapman mold. Right, I guess. right.
1: You bring that type of guy in at the end of the game when the other team is already worn down and tired. Right. That ball looks even faster.
0: So to what you said about selling, if Britain they could just throw it over the Brock, plate, it'd
1: be great. But yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but selling Britton and Brock, I think it's one or the other. You can't tr- you can't trade both unless you're getting just this huge haul. Well, like, and, like the Yankees did with Miller and Chapman, but I don't think you get the same haul as Miller and Chapman because they're not Miller no, they're and not Chapman. Miller, Chapman. I mean, Britain is better, you know, on that level, but Brock has been an all-star the past 2 years, but I wouldn't consider him on that type of level. And what what are you going to look what are you looking for? Are you trying to get a starting pitcher out of it? Again, rarely do you get starting pitching out of a bullpen no. arm.
1: And again, if I'm going into sell mode, I'm not looking to 2018. I'm looking 2019-2020. Yeah. At the closest, so right. it's all sure, yeah. all the trades. Are for prospects. Pro- all the trades are for prospects. Yeah. You're not getting anything real. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I. So that that's the only argument to sell. Yeah. And here would be my counter argument to that. All right, I'll probably agree with your counter argument because <laughs> it was hard for me to convince myself to sell.
3: Because <laughs> if you're going to sell like that, you're right. You're playing for 2020, and why stop there? I mean, look at who we have. It's not just that Manny Machado's contract's up after next year. That same year, Zach Britton's contract up. The year after that, O'Day, Jones, Trumbo, all those guys are up the year after that. In 2019, it their
1: last year. So if you're going to trade Britton, or if you're going to start just oh, selling, why not just sell everybody? Well, you notice I did not throw Manny Machado in there to sell, and I think that's just a stupid, that's a business move where just like people came to Camden Yards to watch Cal Ripken play when the Orioles sucked, people will come to Camden Yards to watch Manny Machado play no matter how bad the team is. I think you cannot afford to let a guy like Manny Machado leave your town. Yeah. I think that screws with the fan base. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, the other side of the argument, Josh, is to to that though is the worst thing that could happen to Manny Machado is to lose him for nothing.
1: Yes. Well, no, the, I, that's why I'm saying you can't lose him at all. What What is the Do, do the you have 500 million dollars lying around, Josh? I don't. But, it might not take but, that much, though. But you could deal with... We, we overpaid for Davis. Yes. Uh, Till 2037 right. or whenever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Baseball players are starting to make more money. All of our ticket prices have gone up. Everyone They're making a ton of money off Masson. All I know is in 2000, 90, mm-hmm. or is it 97, when is it that we did not re-sign Mike Mussina? Yeah. Because we're 20 years later. And we're still talking about the Orioles screwing that up and letting us All Star Hall of Famer yeah. go.
3: Yeah, yeah, and, and we're not going to rehash this, but we broke down the numbers. When you lose contracts like Jimenez and uh, and JJ Hardy, there's money available right. and there. You, you
1: back end it like a Bobby Benia type trade.
3: Yeah, I don't, think, I don't know if you have to do all well, that.
1: Davis is the Bobby Benia. Yeah, Davis cool. is Davis. the new Bobby yes. Benilla,
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so my argument is that the Orioles should buy this offseason. and just hear me out for a second because I know that sounds crazy based on how they've been playing
0: off or, or- or right now? Right now. Okay.
3: And he, here's my reasoning. Uh, first of all, I, I think if you look at this team, and I just mentioned the guy, the contracts that are running out um, with Machado and Britton and Jones and Trumbo and then Scope's going to come up and all those guys. Right. Like the wind, We have enough good players now to where the window is kind of now. That's why we don't want to trade Manny because we still have like, – there's kind of a window here. Now, this year we're not good enough to win. I'm not saying we're good enough to win this year. You look at this offseason, though. Here are the guys off our starting rotation this offseason uh, Jimenez's contract's up. Tillman's contract's up. Miley has like a $12 million option, which I don't know if we're going to pick up. There is no scenario. So you're starting next year, assuming they don't pick up Miley's option, which will depend how he pitches the rest of the year. Um, if they don't pick up Miley's option, you're talking about Gossman and Bundy as your two starting pitchers. All right. No one else.
1: All right. So how are you going to fill in those slots?
3: You're not going to f- sign three starting pitchers in free agency. So I think even now, you got to start planning for 2018. Even at this trade deadline, you've to start saying, okay, what starting pitchers who have contracts that go over next year, um, so teams who are bad enough that they're not going to win this year or next year, and let's look at making those trades. Mm-hmm. The, the two big starting pitchers who I don't think we have enough prospects, Right? the question is, how do we trade for these guys when we don't have any prospects? The, the two guys that are obviously the most sought after with team control for the next several years, are Sunny Gray, which we don't have the prospects to get him. Right, Jose Quintana, which maybe if you do a Cisco Cat Mountcastle, nah, you're not you're not, him, you're not getting him. But you're, yeah, you're not probably not getting him. So you go to the second tier.
0: He's not even. I don't think. He, I don't think Quintana's worth that anyways. He's not
1: well, all, you know, a front end ace. But all starting pitching you're going to overpay for. Yeah, because everyone needs starting pitching. But
0: at that point, you might as well roll the dice in the off season. See, so but, done. I done.
3: I would I would disagree because look at what Dan who has Dan Duquette signed in the offseason. Um, Ubala Jimenez, Giovanni He's been better off trading for a guy like Bud Norris or Scott Feldman, or more recently, um, Wade Miley. Wade Miley. Wade, Wade Miley, uh, more, more recently. I think he has more success trading like that. And you get that's the only way it sucks. That's the only way you get a decent contract for a certain pitcher is to either grow him but we can't grow them
1: except so, the, to trade them. Except the Dan Duquette way is to pick up the Miley option. To sign Tillman low and sit because his stocks low because he had a bad year and his stocks low because he's bad yeah and then Aquino comes up to fill in fill in the fifth slot and there we are with the same same guys next year a yeah second, that sounds accurate a second
3: tier guy that you could trade for is got Julio Turan for the for the for the Braves has an option, has this year and next year on his contract. Right. More realistically, there's a guy from a Miami who's been like started at the Miami, then has been sent down to AAA, then called back up. Sounds like a Dan Duquette kind of guy, a guy named Tom Kohler. That sounds who has an option for a year and a half. I just think it's going to be too tall of a task to go into the offseason and have three openings in the starting rotation and have him, to, buy, have him to, to, to sign contracts to fill three spots. Well- Financially, you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to do it financially.
1: How many starting pitchers are in the Rule 5 draft next year? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: Yeah, they would fit right in probably. But I think you already right now, this trade deadline, you have to start looking at 2018 and what does this team need to win, not this year, but next year. And if it helps us out this year so we can make a run at that wild card, awesome, but we're really looking, okay, someone who can help me this year and 2018 and possibly 2019. Thank you.
0: So do you guys buy my reasoning at all? Does that make any sense? I mean, I I get what you mean. The definitely when you break down the rotation, it makes you think like, yikes! Yeah, we do need to make a move. And but
3: and we have an offense, an offense that's built to win now, right? And a bullpen that's built to win now.
1: I, I get, I get the and like I said, it's hard for me to sell because I see that window so small. I just I don't see how we can buy anything. I don't see us having any prospects to buy. If all if if it's not it's like if you, you can buy just, if you could just throw money at the situation okay maybe but I'll, it takes prospects
0: yeah and all the guys that you just listed the Orioles would get outbid easily if there's another team interested they would be outbid they'd be at the bottom of the list because yeah. they had the least to offer
1: right but I mean who are you offering Tanner Scott Francisco Josh when we
3: got but I don't remember who did we trade but Norris for when we were trading some uh, some of these guys like when we got Jim Tome or something we were trading. Um, guys like Josh Hader, who only the Super Oriole fans even knew existed, right? We're talking about low single-A prospects pitchers right, so that you're... not no not, not many people even know about.
1: All right, So, so who... to
3: take a middle rotation arm, it's not going to cost a lot. It's going to cost a couple single-A prospects that you probably haven't even heard of. All
1: right, all right. Or the average person, at least, hasn't all right, heard so of. So you're going to trade Alex Murphy and, and, yeah, and get us a Josh supply. Hader
3: will turn into be a stud for Milwaukee in, in five have... years, but in the meantime, we're going to when, I mean, and, and and to be honest, who cares at this point? Who cares if we have the twentieth ranked farm system or the thirtieth ranked pr- farm system? In a couple of years, it's all going to be blown up. We're going to kind of start fresh anyway. So who cares if we're twentieth or thirtieth? Like, let's just get rid of them I mean, and and go for the next year to win the World Series. And if we don't, then we kind of resign Manny and rebuild. What People I- think if you don't if you sign Manny, all of a sudden you don't need to rebuild. This team either way, because we're not signing Britain and Scope and Jones and Trump. Like we're not re-signing everybody. So even if we re-sign Manny, which I hope we will, we're still gonna have a mini rebuild mode. So let's worry about it then. I I just we I, I don't want to go half in. And that's why I feel like selling Seth Smith and just and selling Britain, that's like going half in, kind of selling, but not really getting ready for next year. Uh, but we're we're in the position now where we got to start buying for next year, and so
4: all aboard.
3: I I just this kind of half half in half out, I don't think is the way to success. It's the way to stay kind of stay average. And if we don't trade for any talent, uh, even if we don't sell, if we don't buy, I think it's the worst possible scenario.
0: I don't, I see. I don't even think even if they did buy and say they got one or two middle rotation arms. Yeah. Do you think the Orioles can beat the Astros? Or, you know... This year? Yeah. uh, Yeah, I mean, this year or next year, I don't see the way they play baseball, them making it to the World Series, because we've seen time and time, time and time again, when they've made the playoffs the past couple years, the the bats fall asleep, and the pitching stays about the same. I mean, they've been better over, you know, this year is just an outlier of just how crazy bad they've been, but... You've relied on that bullpen at the end of the at the end of the game, and you've relied on that offense. And the offense hasn't shown up in October, and they don't play any type of offense where they move runners or they sacrifice. You know, a smart out. It's Remember all it's it's all or nothing with the Orioles, and from top to bottom of the lineup, everybody has the same makeup. I mean, you have Hunsu Kim that barely gets any time, but he has the right mentality as far as getting on base. Trey Mancini is the only everyday player that I've seen that has that same mentality where. I'm not looking for the home run ball. I'm going to, you know, if it's 0 2, I'm going to look outside and work it across, you know, opposite field.
1: Trum- Trumbull will do that too. Trumbull will shorten yeah, up. Yeah,
0: he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's adjusted. But, you know, as a whole, we have no speed. So there's yeah. no aspect of that. I mean, you saw with the Royals what they did. They just pitching lucky falls and, you know, moving base runners. Yeah. And, you know, everybody gets so enamored with home runs during the year. I mean, this year we've had more home runs than probably <laughs> in the past 10 years. But come October, that's not gonna matter because the teams that have good starting pitching and that one or two you know, one or two aces in that rotation is really what carries people to the World Series. Because you only need three max, basically, in the playoffs. Right. And the Orioles have Bundy and Gossman. Right. And maybe Tillman. Maybe Tillman. Right. And even if you and take he, in a middle middle and, rotation, and off, if you compare, that's you enough.
3: Right. And you compare Bundy and Gossman with the top two starters and other teams, it won't even they won't even. It's, it's not compare. even close. Yeah. And
0: they're still relying on getting to that bullpen. And you know, I guess you could go with the Terry Francona mindset of Comes maybe in. yeah, maybe use Brad Brock in the sixth inning or bring Britain in, in the sixth right. inning and save, you know, Givens for the ninth. Right. Because you might actually get a lead before the ninth inning. Right.
3: And have Brock and Bring pitch four innings in the but, middle there. Yeah. But, but
0: regardless, even if they do sell, yeah. I don't see them, you know, making a World Series. Like we talked about this window closing. I think the window's closed. It's over. Like we're not going to the World Series this year or next year. I don't see it happening. So what you got to do is you got to sell and build for 2019, 2020, because you can have a quick turnaround if you land a, a lot of prospects. I mean, you saw what the Yankees did this year. That's obviously not going to happen for the Orioles. No, nobody does that in one year. But. It, they showed that it can be done. You, you trade a couple big guys and get a huge haul for it. And, you know, eventually those guys have to get called up. I mean, it just right. worked out perfectly for the Yankees where Frazier and Judge and uh, they have that other guy, the Rangers' top pitching prospect. They, 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 they traded Carlos Beltran for the, the Rangers' second-best pitching prospect in their organization. Yeah. How does that even happen? Yeah.
1: That, I mean, yeah, and the, if, if the Orioles were to do something like that, it would have to be trade Manny Machado. Yeah, which
3: and and, and can I kind of just say a word about Manny is, uh, um, Fan, fan graphs, I always I love it when Fan does this. They always do their top forty valuable guys. Like if you could like to be traded, not just guys who are up to be traded, but due to contract status, major leaguers who would you want the most top forty? Manny Machado did not make the top forty, and he didn't make the top forty because, nor did Bryce Harper, because they only have a year and a half left in their contracts. Right. So they're not the most valuable guys in baseball. Because they only have a year left in the contract. Right. They're, so
1: they're only going to a win-now team. Right.
3: So some so some people who paint these scenarios of trading Manny Machado for, like, the top five prospects on a team, I think they're a little bit unrealistic on what they expect to get back
1: for a rental. No. Because that's what Machado is unless, at this point. In a unless rental. you go to a team like Houston, who, uh, like, is going a win now. But they're 30 games up. They don't need to give anything up for Manny Machado. And they Machado. don't need a third baseman or a right. court stop. Right. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, it's but yeah. but but I would also argue, Alex, if you are if your plan
3: is to wait till you have a team that's good enough to beat, um, H- Houston or wait till you have like the perfect team, I mean, so, something that the Red Sox are able to do, the Cubs are able to do, the Dodgers right now are doing it. Is they're able to both, um, be, assign guys internationally to pay big money, assign guys inter- internationally. They're able to, um, sign free agents to come, um, and they're able to draft and develop well. The Urals aren't able to do all those things to acquire talent. They don't sign internationally. They can't pay for big-time free agents often. They don't have the the, the payroll. So if you're trying to build a super team that the Cubs had, had done previously, that Houston's working on now, right. you either have to get like lottery lucky to draft all these guys trying turn to be studs. And um, they all hit at the
1: same time. Well, yeah. Like that's the, why you
0: trade for the, the the prospects, though, because you ideally right. they come up at the same time. So all at once you get three or four players coming up. That's that's the ideal.
3: Yeah, but situation. if even one of those or two of those players don't work out, all of a sudden you got to start from scratch again until you can get this team right. Where sometimes and I I, I there's no scenario where this year or next year the Orioles are better than the Astros. Right. I'm, I'm not arguing that. But I do. But, but I, you get in, you just get in the World Series and roll the dice. Right. I'm, I mean, there's no way the Indians were the best team in the American League last year. Well, but you roll the dice exactly. and, and things happen. Uh, and so my thing is just get in the playoffs, get in the playoffs, get in the playoffs, and eventually everything will go your way. Or the other alternative is to build kind of that super team, which I don't think we have the resources to do
4: right.
1: uh, or the luck to do.
0: Well, they're not a piece or two away either. I mean, they're a couple pieces
1: away. Yeah. Yeah. But so, I but I also believe, just like Matt was saying, with the whole get in the playoffs and, and let some Oriole magic happen. Let things work. We saw that years ago with where we beat the Tigers thanks to Delman Young. I mean, and we've seen... We've seen it on individual games. Right, that games. three Cy Young
3: pitchers. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, three former Cy Youngers.
1: Whoever goes in is going to eventually have to face Houston in the ALCS. Yeah, and they and they right. will be favored to lose. Right. Yes, we've played Houston already. Yeah, we got swept. Yeah, three games. But Goldsman held Houston to two runs. Wade Miley hold, held Houston to eight runs. Alec <laughs> A- Alec Asher <laughs> gave up eight runs. Yeah, the offense wasn't there. Yeah. So if the offense actually. Learns to hit the ball.
3: Didn't Toronto just give up like 19 runs to, to Houston the other day? Yeah, like 19 to one or something. Yeah,
1: 19 to one. Yeah. So, so it's it's anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, you my, just gotta play. And my mindset is, and other people may disagree with this, but I would rather
3: get into the playoffs with a a good team five times in a row than get in one year with a great team. Yeah.
1: I just think now you're sounding the, like a Washington fan. The more
3: you get in, well, I know that's that's the Capitals formula, right? No, but Capitals usually are the best team. Well, I, I
0: mean I've had the same mindset the past couple of years you know if we make it to the playoffs we have the bullpen you know we can match any bullpen anybody in the league we have the offense it's just right. all about it's, you know it's, the it's what if of the pitching but it hasn't even been the pitching in the playoffs like I, like we just talked about it's the offense and yeah. you know, it, we've seen it this year uh encapsulated in the regular season the first you know when they started off 22 and 10 the bats weren't exactly getting it done. It was the pitching. The pitching was pulling through, and they were winning close games.
1: And the other thing we were seeing with and those close games was the Orioles did a little bit of small ball in April and May. Yeah. They a lo- did a little bit a of bump in it, enough to get you excited.
0: Well, and, and the bullpen was pulling through, too. But if you go th- a 32-game stretch where right. none of your pitchers going deep into the game and you're having to use you know Brad Brock and Zach Britton every other day, every day, that wears down your bullpen. It changes roles for other guys uh brad Rock had his role changed and the offense you know if, if they're not going the bullpen can't just come out and be like we got it because they're gassed right right and the offense can't do anything about it they can't do anything about the starting pitcher not able to go past the fourth inning so then it puts extra pressure on the offense to score runs earlier and then you see guys like manny machado and chris davis pressing and striking out more than they usually do obviously davis no, strikes but- out a lot but i feel like manny's been pressing Uh, been pressing this year a lot of the guys on the offense have been pressing just because they've been down five nothing in the fourth inning
1: yeah I get that I think I think Manny has been pressing because he's been struggling so much and he had some bad luck early in the season with hard hit balls that just weren't breaking Um, I see his pressing a lot on himself and his own performance and but I also think if there's anything that's going to happen this year or even next year it's all on Tillman and Gaussman and Tillman is. I'd say Bundy and
3: Gosman more so. At next year. next
1: year it's Bundy. Yeah. But I, Bundy, I, I don't know what to think with Bundy because he's never pitched this long. Right. And, and we've seen him struggle.
3: We saw him struggle at the end of last year as well. Right.
4: right. I, so he, yeah, he's, I don't. I yeah. don't think.
1: I don't think having a five days off and doing the All Star break is going to do enough for Bundy. I think. I think if you're all right, if you're going to buy, here's here's a buy, buy. A fourth starter. You buy a starter so that Bundy can go into your pen. Because Bundy can't pitch well anymore. Right. You want him to get the inning so he can go next year though. Right. 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 So you put him in the pen. You put him in the pen or put him in the pen when? Right now? Uh yeah. Just give him an extra day off every now and then. Yeah, I mean, or if you give him time off, Bundy's worn out. I I feel like
0: Bundy's the type of guy where if Buck tells him we're gonna give you a rest, he's gonna be like what the hell? I, I've i been yeah. the only guy consistent this yeah. year. How are you going to take the one? I mean, the fans Fine, would Fine, and give me a
3: day off. I'm going to go work out for five hours while you give me the day off. The fans would explode. Well, that, that's, and, the, that's the Chris Davis and, mode. And
0: it just doesn't make any sense because Bundy's been the only guy that's been able to stop.
3: Except, you
1: know, I the, would send the the Galsman
3: misery. to AAA before I put Have Bundy you seen to the pen.
1: Pull up Bundy's last five starts. Yeah, he's been bad he's since been the beginning. Of, yeah, since June. Yeah.
3: But pull up Tillman's star for every start of the year.
1: Uh, Tillman's got arm angle issues and arm issues. Oh, that,
3: that oh, you are in the. Is it do, okay? This is now we're talking about Tillman's arm angle. After this, you're gonna talk about Gossman's gum chewing. Gossman's okay, continue, please. Chewing? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, th- yeah. Pl- 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 <laughs> please continue. You sound I'm like saying, one of the callers from one five seven. No, uh, no. Uh, the problem
0: is not Dylan Bundy. Right. Sending Dylan Bundy to the bullpen isn't gonna make the Orioles any better. No,
1: I'm saying that's. Uh, no, I'm saying uh, it will help. You you're saying to preserve he, him from next. I'm year. Saying, he has, I'm he, he has built him for next year. I'm saying. I don't see him being I, – I don't see you being able to get him through the whole season as a starter is what I'm saying. I mean, and, I,
0: at this point, I feel like you just got to cross that
1: bridge when it comes because you don't have any other options. I, exactly. You got nothing. And that's what I'm saying. If you're going to buy, there's something you can buy.
3: All right, so here's the last five starts. Four and a third gave up six runs. Seven innings gave up three runs. Four innings, gave it five runs. Five innings, gave it six runs. I like a, a bad D- Dylan Bundy is better than a bad o- o- Miley or Baldo.
1: Yeah, yeah I guess so. You're right. Um, I don't know. What did we do last offseason off, or last trade deadline? We traded Jonah Heim for for uh, Steve Clevenger. Steve, Steve Pierce. Steve Pierce. Yeah, I got the wrong one. Steve <laughs> Pierce. Wrong Steve. <laughs> yeah. and then, Which, uh, those
3: deals never work out. Those hitters, whether it's Para right. or Pierce. It never works for or, the Orioles. Yeah,
1: they, they don't seem to work out. And then uh, what do we trade for Wade Miley? Uh,
0: uh, Ariel Miranda, yeah, okay, who is uh, their like second best pitcher in D- Seattle? This
3: yeah, game. he's having a good year with Seattle. Right. Can, right. Uh, can, can we do that trade back? Because that, right. Well, we, I mean, you back? guys,
0: you guys uh, brought uh, up Hader and yeah. uh, Zach Davies too. Zach Davies, another the three guy. guys right there. That if you don't trade those guys. There's a, you know, they fill right into your rotation. Do they, know? Well,
1: no, they I, don't. I don't, they don't. They're, Zach I mean, Davies is on the National League, right? Is he a National League pitcher? Yeah. Yeah. But this is just like everyone talking about Eduardo Rodriguez. And he had, like, two good starts.
3: Well, even in the American League, though, Parker Bridwell couldn't even cut it at Bowie for us. He's and then all in of the sudden, American League. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But my point is, he couldn't cut it at Bowie. But then, all of a sudden, he's a decent starter for the Angels. Like... I don't know how you can not cut it at Bowie and then become a good starter it, for the Angels.
1: Meanwhile, we're over here needing a starter. I, I don't understand. Is that. it is it the AL East factor? Is it a smaller window than American National League and just whether or not you're pitching in the AL East?
0: I mean, that's definitely a big factor in my opinion. I mean, the there's more power in the AL East than there is in right. the West. And the ballparks play to power here in every ballpark in the AL East. And, and I mean, I, it's it's been two years too, right, for Park – yeah, two years. He, he came yeah. up for like a cup of coffee last year. But, I mean, it could be, you know, one of their pitching coaches told him, you know, a tweak to his delivery, or maybe he de- developed a new pitch. I mean, there's there's so many different options oh, the of like new what pitch. made, hey, what hey, made him better. Yeah, what's, it's, yeah, what's, it's, not, it's probably not a what's new pitch, the
1: area? What's the but. Arietta pitch? Oh, the the cutter, the, the cutter. cutter, cutter, yeah, it's the cutter. And we yeah,
3: and, yeah. We've, and oh. we we've seen it move in our direction too. Like Miguel Gonzalez was kind of a bum before we got a hold of him. Then Miguel Gonzalez was great for a cup of coffee right. or for a couple of years, and then he went to the to, to the White Sox. He was good, and then he was bad again. Right.
2: So uh,
1: it happens. Like players have good years, and, players have good streaks, and especially pitchers who are the most mental. Like, the, the, well, with head, all the all the mechanics, effects, right? Their head and uh, emotion of their head and just all that peace on the mound affects it way more than any batter who's just up there swinging.
3: Yeah, and Zach Davies has, I was just looking up his numbers, because I'm curious, he has an ERA of 4.9 this year. So not a good ERA, but it's, the kid's 24, uh, which I'll, I'll take a 24-year-old with a 4.9 ERA over over old man Miley with his yeah. 4.9. The ERA. problem
1: is if he was still in the Orioles, Orioles organization, he'd have Tommy John about now. Yeah.
3: I'll tell you what. So, uh, Alex, if you're, if you're Dan Duquette right now, are you full sell mode? Like, I, I mean, it sounds like if you're going to go down your think, route to yeah. compete with a Houston, I mean, might as well trade Manny, trade Britain, right? Like, kind of no, blow it up.
0: I don't think you trade Manny. Um, I think you try, I, I would trade Britain. I would probably trade somebody in the outfield, maybe a Seth Smith, maybe Hunsu Kim, put him in in a, in a different position where he can actually get some playing time. But why not trade Adam uh, Jones if you're the, playing for 2020? Well, because Adam Jones is the heart and soul of your team. He's the team leader. He's the guy in the clubhouse that, you know, when times, when times are dark, Adam Jones is there to make everybody smile. Adam Jones is out of that clubhouse. They're in this same stretch that they're in right now. They're playing five times worse because they have no team morale. Yeah. I'm a full believer that Adam Jones has a way bigger impact on that team than just what he brings. But if you're not field, if you're not we, playing
3: to win the next two years, who cares?
0: Well, your, team morale still matters, man. I mean, if, if you're still trying to – I mean, just because you sell doesn't mean that you're just going to throw it all in the trash can. We're not the Astros 10 years ago where it's that bad. I mean, we still have talent. You, you said yourself, we have veterans and people that are under team control is, in the next couple of years. You don't need to do the full sell where you trade Manny. And you already said, if you trade Manny right now – you're not going to get that much for him. So there's no point of trading Manny Machado. Yeah, Maybe you trade, I mean, it might be blasphemy because he's an all-star this year. Everybody's on him. But you could trade Jonathan Scope. Yeah. I mean, he's another guy that's young and you can get a lot for him. Yeah, We already talked about the log jam in the outfield. Trey Mancini is, is a young and up-and-coming guy. You've got to make the decision if you want to keep Chris Davis or you want to keep Trey Mancini. And and get Trey, Mancini
3: Trey Mancini's value of power would never be higher than it is right now. He's got a ton of years left, right? And he's, he's young, yeah. he's playing so, well.
0: Yeah. I mean, if I'm Dan Duquette, I'm probably trying to sell in hopes of. Well, it's it's hard because we said that he doesn't. He's, we don't know what he's going to do after next year. So right. it's really up to Dan Duquette and what Angelos' plan is with Duquette. And, you know, my feeling if. You know what I think Duquette's going to do. He's going to do one of those things, like you said, buy now, try and add a piece here or there, and see if they can make make a run at the wild card and go from there. Yeah, but that's not good enough for me. I I want. But I also want,
1: prepare for 2018.
0: Yeah, right, yeah. That,
1: right. Because that move, it wouldn't be a, it would be a rental with at least a year and a half. Yeah. yeah.
0: If for me, I would like to see Manny Machado get like a Bryce Harper type deal, just a one year show me deal. Give him, you know, give him. He's making 13 million this year. He's supposed to make 18 million next year. Give him one year for 22 million, like five more million than he's supposed to next year. That'll keep him. That'll just show him that you're interested. You want him here, and he's said before that he wants to stay here. His buddy Scope is here. I mean, yeah, a lot of players say that, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he's talked about. I mean, yeah, you said a lot of players say what they say until the paycheck comes, right? But like you said, Manny Machado can't leave here. The the fan base would you know jump off a cliff. We already talked about attendance we already talk about attendance being down. Last year they were in a pennant race and attendance was down. What happens when Manny Machado leaves? They don't make any it it doesn't make any sense financially for them to let him leave. They're they're gonna lose millions of dollars in the long run.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: But on the other hand, I just gotta say it, if you're gonna sell, the, the the approach now is to bottom out completely, go for the worst record in baseball, get the top draft pick, like completely sell out. So if you're gonna sell I, honestly, if I was, if I thought selling was the right move because we couldn't compete with the Astros or we couldn't play in the, get in the playoffs the next two years, I would go all into selling. I don't
1: understand going halfway but, in. I would go all in and just compl- trade everybody. But if you're doing that, you're firing Dan Duquette now. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. And, so and if you're selling everybody, you're putting all your eggs in that basket of you know what you got from that trade. If yeah. it doesn't play out, then it's five years wasted, and, and you then re- you start re- over you again with the computer. Yeah, I I don't like that. I don't like that mentality. I mean. You don't but the th- alternative is not- just being
3: average for a long period of time.
0: You you said yourself you just wanted to get to the playoffs. Yes. Average is just getting to the playoffs. But the
3: Orioles played for a long time, average, signing free agents, not being quite they bad enough. And
0: it's the ALCS.
1: But between 98 and 2011, uh, they, they they were nowhere. Right, <sighs> right. But 2012 to 2016, wouldn't you just take that, like, doing the same thing again? Yes. Where you're in it every year and there's a chance? Yes. Sure. Yeah. So, so whatever you can do to hold that that out to keep that window open a little bit longer.
0: Now I'm, you could, if you sell all right now, you're closing the window for the next three years. Like it's just a done deal. You're just closing that window. And the the Astros bottomed out, and the Cubs bottomed out, but the Yankees didn't bottom out last year. I mean, they obviously have the payroll to you know supplant certain positions that they you know if they're short-handed. But
1: is it wrong? Is it wrong to just sit still, to not do anything? And just let it play out this season play out?
3: I, I think pr- the only way I could say that's okay is is the guys that you really want to trade, Seth Smith, Castillo, if you want to trade Hansu Kim, those guys have very limited value. So you right. could not like try to trade them and be unable to.
1: Right. You're not gonna trade them in the offseason.
3: Yeah, like Brad Brock, you can trade, but you can you could argue and I could you, you could make me a believer that you shouldn't trade him or that you should trade him. I could go either way with that Brad Brock or with Zach Britton. Um but the other guys, Seth Smith. Like, yeah, we right. should definitely trade him. But is anyone else going to want him? Right, exactly. Even for a, a, you
1: know, a low-level well, prospect? Right, of course. That, I mean, that's, yeah. So that, if you do like You might as well sit here and say, well, yeah, we might as well trade Ryan Flaherty. Nobody wants him. Right. So what that just because they don't... If they sit here, that doesn't mean they didn't make phone calls trying to trade Seth Smith. Right. Yeah. Um, I
3: mean, I mean it's got, they're in an interesting spot. And we still have a couple weeks left before um, the trade
1: deadline. i would
3: be interesting to see what the Orioles yeah. do.
1: You know, we could always go the superstition route. What's that? Fire Buck. You fire Buck when you get close, N- and then the, the same, next same year. players win next year.
0: That's what everybody says. Yeah, you can yeah. go
1: superstition. Yeah, I, well, I don't see how. That I works. think if you want to talk about upsetting the fan base, yeah, you fire Buck.
0: Well, that, I mean, there's a lot I of guess. people that want Buck fire, but it's not Buck doesn't control what pitches the guys throw. He doesn't control a guy missing his spot and throwing a meatball right. down down the no. middle. He can only put guys in the positions to succeed. Right. He can only put place them in that position. What they do after that is up to them.
3: And to Buck's credit, from 2012 to 2016, when we had the best record in the American League and we had all that success, Buck over and over again said, it's the players who deserve the credit. Yeah. It's the players who deserve the credit. And now when the players are struggling, hey, it's the players right. who, who, who deserve the blame, not Buck Showalter. He's been, uh, just remember life before Buck Showalter.
1: Do you, do you uh, buy into the buck duquette clash? Stuff, of that effect anything? I buy
3: into any manager and general manager... Being
1: on different pages?
3: Clashing when you're losing. Whenever right. you're losing, there's always clashes. If you win, those clashes yep. tend to go away. So, sure, I buy into it, but... Um yeah, it'd be interesting what happens to Dan Duquette's contract, too, what he decides to do and what Peter Angelos decides to do. Because Peter Angelos, he's another guy, we didn't talk about him at all, but he's another guy that's got to be in win-now mode if you're Peter Angelos, right?
1: By age? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's well, in win-now yeah. mode. Last, he, he's not week, ready for a five-year rebuild. No, we celebrated his birthday last week. Yeah, we did. July 4th is Peter Angelos' birthday.
4: Oh. Very, very
1: patriotic of him.
2: Yeah, good well, for him. Yeah,
1: is there anyone more patriotic than Peter Angelos? <laughs> I don't believe so. Then no says America, yeah, like Peter Angelos. Suing somebody. All All right. Right, I'd like to see Peter Angelos start to come back to the ballpark. That'll never happen. Yeah. If they yeah. showed him on the Jumbotron, would you cheer? Um, tough question. I think I'd say, hey, look, there's Peter Angelos. Yeah. I would cheer. I mean, you who's standing next to him? Brady Anderson, the
0: next
3: cheer. <laughs> That's what you got to do. Just put Brady Anderson on one side and Cal Ripken on the other side, and put Peter, Peter Anderson you know, there. And Everybody I, will have to cheer.
1: What is it, John Angelos? I like that guy. If his sons with him, I'll cheer. Yeah, people seem to like John Angelos. I think I think it um, was not a great move when they did all those statues that Peter Angelos did not come out and present. Yeah, I think I think Peter Angelos. Josh, you got a
3: memory on you. Mm, holding grudges at all? I
1: think Peter Angelos could have uh, better could have won some favor back by showing up. And I, I, mean, I, I get why he didn't, afraid of being booed after so many years. Because he probably booed. would have, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think he, he could have stood there and let people boo and won back some fan base. Yeah,
3: I think the past several years, starting with Eddie McPhail, he's been really good about not getting too involved. Right. And his over-involvement has been, like Chris Chris Davis, to pay him more money, which, yeah, you might not like the contract, but if, if, if an owner's but, fault is putting more money into right. his team, you really can't fault him for that. Again,
1: if Peter Angelos was as involved in signing Chris Davis as the rumors all say, I would have liked to see him at the table with Chris Davis. Yeah. I'd like to I see... Hope, he, I hope
3: he likes Manny Matado as much as he likes Chris like, Davis. I, 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 I,
1: I want Peter Angelos... I want Peter. I want to think of Peter Angelos like in good moments of Orioles history. I don't want my only memory of seeing Peter Angelos be like when the Orioles sucked and we would boo him when he was in his box. I, wanted, I want... I want to balance this out that yeah. he's not Daniel Snyder.
3: Yeah, but sometimes, it often for that, it takes like a World Series appearance for owners to get any appreciation. Exactly. like Which is a shame.
1: All right, if the Orioles, miracle upon miracle, the Orioles won the World Series this year. Yeah. Uh, Peter Angelos goes and, and holds up the, the World Series trophy, right? And he gets
3: a, and people love him. Yeah,
1: and people love him. Right, we love him. Yeah. and I, But like, would he go to the game? I, haven't, I don't know if he's been to a game or if he goes to games... He's watching them somewhere where no one knows he's there. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to see him in good memories with the Orioles. Yeah. He doesn't – I don't even know if the, uh, the, if the uh, Nestor is even on the radio anymore. He doesn't have to be afraid of that fan base.
4: Yeah.
1: It's time to bring him back.
3: I had to unfollow Nestor this week got too political i still follow him all this long all, all, this, all this time I gave up on that he got, he, and time then he was ago. just doing politics i don't know i do twitter for sports not politics is he still, no, is, I, is
1: that radio station still on the air
3: yeah it is um though i think it's just him like 24 7 just him right um,
1: glenn and drew are doing their own thing yeah i don't know who else was on there before i don't know either
3: I, I, um alex speaking of twitter alex um i don't know we we just met tonight and it's great to meet you and we're excited that you were came on to spend an hour with us um but before we even officially met though He's over there knocking my tweets, saying it's uh, is it happy hour yet? Because <laughs> I <laughs> tweeted about the being buyers.
0: Well, yeah, that I was mean, that
3: was a dig and
0: in, in contact before yeah, I before I'm able not going before
3: I'm able to make my case. Now you can say uh, maybe I maybe I did start happy hour a little bit too early. All right, we did k- have a
0: beer
4: right right. I there. did I did, <laughs> totally
3: but that's been my first and only one, just for the record. Um, we ready to kick it over to the intern for some thoughts, corrections, fun facts, analyses. We'll send it to him. We'll see what happens. See what you got for us.
0: Well, unfortunately, there weren't many corrections for me since you were contemplating trades. Good. But Mike Messina, he went to the Yankees during the 2000 to 2001 offseason, so that is a correction. All right, nice. What's the correction there? Uh, he said he went during the 2000 offseason, which could be Isn't
1: you know, that the 1999 same? to
3: 2000. No, I thought he said something like 98. No,
1: I, I he said, said uh,
0: 97, 2000. I don't know. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I okay. gave a range.
1: And I believe the 2000 2001 offseason was a long swooning process as by the same the 2000 offseason. For three oh, years,
0: do they I tried to clarifications? get it. Oh, yes, I do. Goodbye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks,
3: intern. Uh, all right, boys and girls. Uh, what else What else we got? You got to follow us on, on Twitter at Section 336 Show. That's our Twitter handle. Yeah. You can like us on Facebook. Uh, you can write us a review. We always
1: appreciate reviews. You're not going to give your uh, second half predictions? Isn't that what everyone's supposed to do in the All-Star break?
3: Uh, like some first-half awards? Yeah, we'll do it next week. More like first-half sucks, right? <laughs> first-half awards. Get out of here. They don't deserve any awards. Right. Some participation trophies. What it looks like, like? A, a millennial podcast? Hey,
1: does, 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 is Scope a real All-Star, or is he the uh, Ty Wigginton?
3: No, he's a real All-Star. His numbers are <laughs> legit. It's just embarrassing. Hey, the Cubs I only did. got one guy, too, all right? I know. I know. We're not the only team. All right, boys and girls, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Section336 Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. Alex, if they want to follow you, where can they follow you on Twitter? Alex on Sports. With nice. a bunch of,
1: like, underscores and stuff Two in there. Two
3: underscores.
0: Right? It uh, separates the words. All right. You can Fair. figure it out. <laughs> Type in Alex underscore on. It'll come
1: up. It confuses me. Uh, and you can follow Josh on Twitter, underscore. At Josh Soroka. No spaces, <laughs> no underscores, all together like one word that you don't know how to pronounce. Good Josh job. Soroka. Josh Yep.
3: Yeah. All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening. And as always, go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.